Well, anniversary days is over. So let's return to our study in Ephesians. We're in chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. And I would like to begin by reading verses 15 through 20. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there's way too much to try to recap And after a week off, it's kind of difficult to get back into the frame of mind here. But all of this in this chapter just kind of keeps flowing together. In verse 1, it's a continuation of chapter 4. It starts out with the word, therefore. Verse 7 has, therefore. Verse 14 says, wherefore. Verse 15 says, see then. Verse 17 again says, therefore. And so all of this is just tying together as we go through this uh, contextually. And we don't have time to kind of recover all that. But we've also seen a lot about walking in this chapter. In verse 1, we're to be followers of God. In verse 2, we are to walk in love. Verse 8 tells us to walk as children of light. Verse 15 says to walk circumspectly. And that's where we left off last time, was walking circumspectly, redeeming the time is where we were at. Um, But anyway, walking circumspectly means walking straight. We're not veering to the left. We're not veering to the right. It means that we are guarding ourselves. We are protecting our testimony. And in context of what is said before walking circumspectly, is that we cannot reprove the world of their unfruitful works of darkness if we're not walking circumspectly, if we're not being mindful of our testimony. It's very difficult to convince someone of their need of God when God apparently has done nothing in your life. We cannot cuss like a sailor. (laughs) Poor sailors. Um... Uh, We can't act as the world, we can't be as the world, and then expect to turn around and say, you need God in your life. It's also very difficult to convince someone of their need to attend our church if church has done nothing for you. We have to walk circumspectly. Um, And when you do that, you'll understand the need for verse 16, redeeming the time for the days are evil. Purchase time so to speak. Buy back some time. When you go to an open market, kind of the the context is uh, you barter for something in those days. You would find something that you would deem worthy and you would redeem it. People will do what's important to them. Isn't that right? Whatever you find important, that's what you're going to find the time to do. Uh, If reading your Bible is important to you, then you'll make the time to read your Bible. If prayer is important to you, then you will take the time to pray. If church is important to you, you will take the time to be in church. And so you do what you want to do. Um, Now, why do we do all of these things? Because the days are evil. 
So we have to walk circumspectly. We have to redeem time. And we only have so much time in this life. And I don't know about you, but I'd like to make my life count for the things of God. For tonight, let's look at verse 17 again. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. The word for unwise means to be foolish. Strong's Concordance uses these words to describe the Greek word used for unwise. Mindless, stupid, ignorant, egotistic, rash. Don't be foolish is what it's telling us. Like we read in verse 15, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Colossians chapter 4, verses 5 and 6 say, Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. And that's the context here, what we've been talking about. We've got to reprove. But we can do it with grace, with some salt mixed in. Amen. Uh, we don't have to be all salt, but we can have some grace in there. Um, now, I've got to tell you that from what I observe, we have a lot of unwise people in the church. I'm, I don't necessarily mean this church, although there are some unwise people in here. Unwise. I'm talking about people who can give a testimony of salvation. Maybe they're saved, maybe they're not. But people who say that they're in, and yet they never seem to grow. Since becoming pastor, I've almost been shocked at the amount of people who can just walk away. And, and I say that because I know that I'm in. I'm in Christ, and I know that I cannot walk away from Him. I don't say that braggingly. I'm just saying, I know who my Redeemer is. And yet it's been astounding. Just simply stop. There's nothing wrong with them physically. Just stop. Just quit. They're foolish. It's unwise. You may not notice as, as much from where you sit because we have seen growth despite all of that. And that's just by the grace of God. Amen. But it's difficult just trying to keep up with yearly attrition. Just the amount of people that move in and move out. Some of that's military. Some of it's just backsliders. And so some people get in and they get out. And if I started listing names, you might be surprised because it might jog your memory about some folks that all of a sudden have disappeared. Now, I'm talking about wants faithful people. Okay, I'm not talking about those Sunday morning onlys that can't decide what they want in life. I'm talking about people who were faithful. Families who just stopped coming. When you add it all up, it's a lot of people. Just quit. But here's what I've learned, and this is why I say it just boggles my mind. They're out there taking vacations. They're still doing their hobbies. 
they're lounging around the house on Sunday. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's that somehow, some way, it's no longer important. Wherefore, be ye not unwise. Someone or something has rubbed them the wrong way just enough, and so we're gone. Now, they're not in another church. Just gone. Just sitting at home on Sunday morning. That is unwise. And it's amazing how... (laughs) It's amazing how people try to sound smart when justifying their stupidity. Well, I can be saved without church. Well, that's brilliant. I'm glad you figured that out. Well, that's wonderful, but you can't be right with God outside of church either. I recently had a meal with someone over lunch. Hasn't been around here in a while, and I had been just praying for them and talking with them as opportunity presented itself, and um, I got scolded for attempting to suggest that they needed to be here, and um, I didn't know what to say to them this day that we had a, a meal scheduled, and um, and be honest with you, I had done everything I knew to do. You ever get to that point? I knew I'd said all I can say. I've done all that I know to do to encourage, help them get on the right track, get right with God. But they asked me to go, so I went, and um, hoping that I could be a spiritual help somewhat. And as I was driving to meet them, I was praying, Lord, what is it you'd have me to say? Because I don't know anything else I can say. Now, you can criticize me if you want, but as I was driving there, it, it hit me that I'm not going to say a word. I'm not going to mention anything about church. I'm not going to talk about anything spiritual. And I'm just going to see what happens. Now, for those who would want to criticize me, I have talked to them since. But got there, sat down, had a meal with them. And for over an hour, I listened to this man talk to me. And I tried my best to make chit-chat. And never once did church come up. I'm talking about somebody that if I said their name right now, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Used to be faithful to the house of God Every single week. Church never even came up. Nothing spiritual even came up. Do you hear what I'm saying? Here's here's the deal. If you lay out for a bit, it gets more and more difficult to get back in. Because you become more and more comfortable being unwise. You get more and more comfortable doing your own thing. And before you know it, the basics of the Christian life no longer even enter your mind as things you ought to be doing. Church, I don't need it and don't care. Bible, I stopped reading that months ago. Prayer, well, I'll call on God whenever I need something. And these are unwise, so-called believers. I'll tell you this tonight, if all you ever got was salvation, you're just a baby Christian. In fact, you're like that baby that has to learn to take the bottle. You haven't even really began eating yet. 
hey, y'all better act like you're the Wednesday night crowd. Unwise, walking as fools. Now, this is the Wednesday night faithful, but many of those I'm talking about used to sit in here with us. You can attend church faithfully and still be unwise, but your foolishness will eventually manifest itself by your falling away. So this goes back to how we choose to use our time. Do you do so foolishly or do you do so wisely? Proverbs 13.20 says, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Let me read to you Job 28, verses 12 through 28. Bear with me here. But where shall wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? Man knoweth not the price thereof, neither is it found in the land of the living. The depth saith, it is not in me, and the sea saith, it is not with me. It cannot be gotten for gold, neither shall silver be weighed for the price thereof. It cannot be valued with the gold of Ophir, with the precious onyx or the sapphire. The gold and the crystal cannot equal it, and the exchange of it shall not be for jewels of fine gold. No mention shall be made of coral or of pearls, for the price of wisdom is above rubies. The topaz of Ethiopia shall not equal it, neither shall it be valued with pure gold. Whence then cometh wisdom? And where is the place of understanding, seeing it is hid from the eyes of all living and kept close from the fowls of the air? Destruction and death say, we have heard the fame thereof with our ears. God understandeth the way thereof, and he knoweth the place thereof. For he looketh to the ends of the earth, and seeth under the whole heaven, to make the weight for the winds, and he weigheth the waters by measure, when he made a decree for the rain, and a way for the lightning of the thunder. Then did he see it, and declare it, and prepare it, yea, and searched it out. And unto man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding." Some people, they look for wisdom, they seek after wisdom, but they never go to God. Amen. There are those in the church house who will seek wisdom of some sort, but they won't even get step number one right. Wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. Psalm, 1, or Psalm 111, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 1, 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 9, 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 15, 33. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. And before honor is humility. Now I want to ask this to you compassionately, not arrogantly. But what is so hard about this? What is so hard about it? Wherefore, be ye not unwise. Therefore, if you don't want to be foolish and you want to be wise, then what is it going to take? You've got to fear the Lord. You've got to fear the Lord. There are those who sit in our company and they'll say that they want wisdom in this life. They claim to be desiring of their pursuit of wisdom after godly principles. They say they want to know truth, but in every case, every case, 
There's a lack of the fear of God. You say, well, how do you know that? Because I'll ask the question, are you saved? Have you ever been born again? The answer is always something to this effect. Well, I really don't know. Or I can't really say for sure, and I'll follow that up with, if you were to die today, do you have any assurance about your final desti destination? Well, no, I don't. So if you leave out of here right now and you die in a car wreck or something else takes your life, you'll go to hell. Yeah. I guess so. Just flipping about it. No fear of God. It's unwise. It's foolish. There's no fear of the Lord with that kind of lack of concern for your soul. And that's why you can't find wisdom. And that's why what you're seeking after so desperately, you cannot find. Because here's what you're really seeking after. You're seeking after that which will benefit your flesh. It's like a rebellious teenager or a young adult who lives in their parents' basement. And for reasons I can't comprehend, the parent lets them go out, get drunk, get hammered, come back home, and crash at their house. You see, they want the blessings of the family. They want the blessings from the parents. They want all the benefits that come with having a home, but they don't want to fear the, the authority that's in their life. You understand what I'm trying to say? And so it's like, well, I just want the blessings of being able to do what I want to do outside of here, but I still want to come in here. That's how some try to treat God. They want blessings from the Lord, they want blessings of being in the family of God. But they do not reverence God as their supreme authority. And in reality, what they're trying to do is take advantage of God to get what they want out of this life so they can have a successful life. But i got to tell you, God's not like some of these parents. He doesn't let that stuff go on. God will say, not in my house. And, and all of a sudden, you're no longer seeing any victories, any growth, and you begin questioning the Bible, the existence of God. Am I right? You know this is true. Because your great Santa Claus up in the sky didn't deliver you the presence you wanted in time. Proverbs 17, 16 says, Wherefore... Is there a price in the hand of a fool to get wisdom, seeing he hath no heart to it? The fool claims to be willing to pay the price for wisdom, but his heart's not seeking after it. And how many have we talked to where we say, you're going to have to do this and you're going to have to do that, and I don't want to do that. Don't really desire it. Don't really want to obtain it. Just wants the blessings of being in the family. Not yet understanding the wealth of wisdom. No means to, or excuse me, he has means in which to obtain wisdom because God's given every man the means by which he may obtain it and yet doesn't really want it. It's not pursuing it the right way. Instead, what happens is people take of their ability, the wealth of their ability to seek after wisdom and they use it the wrong way. Lord, I need, I need help to get victory over this. I need help to get victory over that so that I may be a success in this life. Do you see how selfish that approach is? You want God's benefits without paying the price of fearing the Lord. 
Proverbs 22, 20, or 23, 23 says, Buy the truth and sell it not. Also wisdom and instruct, instruction and understanding. You have to purchase it. It's going to cost you something to get wisdom. But it, listen, this is what's unique. The Bible tells us to buy it, but it's something you cannot purchase with physical money. It's only going to cost you coming to God in simple childlike faith. Isaiah 55, verses 1 and 2 say, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money. Come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. And what I find interesting is, as you keep reading, it's verse 6 that says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. And I can't help but see the connection of people who are trying to get the benefits of God without ever reasoning with God. There's only one way to get wisdom, and it's from the Lord. You say you want wisdom, then you must go to God. But you have to go on God's terms. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The Bible says it was God who gave Solomon wisdom. The Bible says it was God who gave the four Hebrew children wisdom in the Babylonian captivity. There's no other source for true wisdom. Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 7 say, My son, if thou wilt, if, if, if thou wilt receive my words, hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord. And find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. You see, you have to be willing to receive, to hide, to incline thine ear, to apply thine heart, to cry after, to lift up your voice, to seek and to search. But so many, so many... They'll just come in and they'll dabble with it and they'll think that that's enough. And when it doesn't work out, they're gone. You have to do those things. Then the Lord will give you wisdom. But it's foolish to think that all it's going to take is a couple of checklist items. Well, I went to church. I read my Bible. I, I prayed. I, I, I gave. I witnessed. I, I, uh, I you know, I, I got a little bit of victory here. I, I'm, Lord, I'm checking the list. I'm, I'm making it count. I, I'm doing exactly what what I ought to be doing. Imagine if you didn't work out much, and you got on the treadmill for thirty minutes, and you decided, I am now ready to run a marathon. Not going to happen. But I've worked out. I worked out for 30 minutes. And I'm telling you, that's the problem with so many. 
And you know it's true because many of you have heard someone say something to this effect, well, I tried it once. I tried church. I tried reading my Bible. I tried prayer. I tried God. Well, of course it didn't work. You weren't really applying your heart after wisdom. Now, it may seem I'm off track here, but I hope not. (laughs) Wherefore, be ye not unwise. Don't be foolish. It's foolish to think that you can eat right one day, eat poorly for six days, but end up healthy. Well, I tried church once a week for a while. So what if you live like the devil for the other six? We need wisdom. Uh, James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. If any of you lack wisdom, let them do what? Ask of God. It says, That giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Now, we love that verse. But let's not forget the verse that follows it. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Those who are in the pursuit of wisdom apart from God's ways are those who are in for a couple of weeks and out for a few weeks. Are you with me? Something may bring you in, but then when that relationship doesn't work out, you go back out. Now, I know i got to wind this up. How do you know if you are no longer being foolish and that you are now being wise? Well, it's the second half of our text verse here in verse 17. But understanding what the will of the Lord is. The very first thing in doing God's will is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ alone for salvation. Um, It's God's will for you to be saved. That's God's will for your life. Um, If if you don't even get that part right, and if you don't even understand that, and and I'm telling you, we've talked to people, don't even understand that fact. It's unwise, it's foolish. And it's no wonder you're falling away. The Bible talks about the will of God for our life after salvation. Just two very easy examples because it states it so plainly. 1 Thessalonians 4.3 says, For this is the will of God, even your sanctification. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And we could just take those two verses alone, and we could really begin to examine ourselves to see how we're doing there. It's God's will for you to be sanctified. Well, most people will drop out at that point right there. It's God's will for you to give thanks. So, are you living a separated life, holy and pure? Or are you living in sin? Are you giving thanks in all things? Or are you a habitual complainer that nobody likes to be around? If you haven't even gotten the basics of the Christian life down, which are not hidden from our eyes, they're they're right there in black and white, they're clearly given in the Bible, then you're unwise, you're foolish, and you don't understand what the will of the Lord is. And until you settle the first matter of salvation, you won't achieve sanctification. Does everybody hear me? 
well, I want victory in this area. Until you get the first step settled, you're not getting it. And you won't live a life of giving thanks. When you get in, you have so much to thank Him for. There are some here who have sought and are seeking for sanctification, but they admittedly have not settled the issue of salvation first. That's foolish. That's unwise. And all you're going to do is you're just going to be tossed to and fro throughout your whole life. But for those who will walk in wisdom, you will understand Isaiah 33, 6, which says this, And wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times and the strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. The wisdom of God, it becomes our stability in this crazy world. It becomes our strength. And because it starts with the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord becomes our treasure. And you don't let treasure go. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Let's pray.